great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so that you can take more control of that wallet of yours. Ultimately, I hope you learn ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website. You can follow me at Facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Remember what I said, empower you with knowledge. That's what this is about. And there are times when you'll hear me answer a question or talk about something in the news or give an opinion that you feel I missed the mark, that I came up short, that I failed to serve. And I need to know that. I don't want you just to go away angry. I want you to help me improve. And that's why we have Clark Stinks on Clark.com. It's where you can post to correct something factually or to disagree with an opinion of mine. And others can see it. Others can comment on it. And our producer, Krista, goes through your posts weekly and shares highlights with you right here on the air. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. What you got? Help for veteran dad with kids whose wife is in jail. I wish Clark was quicker on the ball for suggestions for him. It probably threw him off a bit to take such a call when so many of us are dealing with much more high-quality problems. I know it put all my complaints of the day into perspective. There are many organizations who can help him with the kids and getting them in the appropriate counseling. The first thing to do is meet with their school principals and let them know what's going on and what you need. Also, get connected with local churches. Regardless of religious affiliation, these places are often just normal folks wanting to help out and give back any way they can. Call the United Way and ask for resources. Michael in Johnson City, Tennessee. Michael, I love all your suggestions. That particular caller, we had many people respond, and we were able to connect our caller with resources. And so it shows the goodness inside so many of us that were so touched by that particular situation and the difficulty he was having now as a single dad dealing with a very difficult family situation. Thank you to all of you who commented and reached out. Clark, a few weeks ago, you had a lady caller asking about whether or not to take a lump sum or monthly pension. After looking at her company, not mentioned, you advised her to stick to her pension. I would tend to disagree. In my case, I retired as a pilot from a major U.S. airline. At the time, we were given a choice of a straight pension or being given a cash settlement and half pension. Most of the pilots thought they could do a better job of managing their own money than the company could and chose the lump sum option. It was a great company at the time, as you told the lady hers was. Six years after retiring, my company declared bankruptcy and canceled the pilot's retirement obligation. Our pensions were turned over to the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation for pennies on the dollar. Those who did not take the 50% lump sum lost almost everything. I believe the company would have canceled everyone's pension except for some political pressure that was brought to bear. My suggestion would be for the lady to take the lump sum and find a good conservative financial planner for investing it. That way, she could be free of the whims of the ups and downs of just about any company. Just my thoughts. Thanks. I am so sorry, and that was brutal what happened in the wave of bankruptcies at Full Fair Airlines and the pilots because pilots historically 
have been highly compensated compared to the general employment in the country, pilots, when their pensions get crushed, as you related, the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation pays you a relatively paltry sum versus what you were receiving. It is one of those things that that was horrible for you and your fellow retirees among pilots, but that situation, although not unique, where highly compensated people have their pensions crushed, it is relatively rare for someone who is a moderately wage-earning employee from a company that is rock-solid financially it is almost always, and there are very rare exceptions, to take the pension as it's paid out because as an individual, you'll never be able to earn as much to generate the income level that the pension will generate. And again, I'm really sorry about what happened in your airline bankruptcy. Unbought and unbossed. More like an advocate for Google with his love of Chrome OS. Clark is missing out on a popular set of operating systems that are free. Lennox, and you do not even need to buy new hardware to run it if it's functional. What about Ubuntu that people always He gets bring to up? that. Oh, okay. Most people surf the web on a browser and type up basic office documents. And best of all, there are significant numbers of developers on these distributions of Linux that try to patch against the latest vulnerabilities. Maybe the setup is somewhat convoluted to those technically challenged, but if a caller slash listener is technically proficient and willing to put in the effort, installing open source Linux instead of Google controlled Chrome OS is a viable option. Maybe Clark can test drive a Linux machine and give his opinion on the radio show. I've seen Linux Mint mentioned in the forums, but I do not recommend it due to a vulnerability in their servers. I currently use Ubuntu Mate, but to be sure to look out for the long-term support releases if you are reluctant to quick turnaround for upgrades. I really appreciate that post because... I did for a while use a Linux machine, and I was very happy with it. So then I bought Krista a Linux machine, and you hated it. Yeah. It, it did not last long in your life. And so I think it goes to kind of what was the gist of that post, is that if somebody is technically adept using one of these alternative operating systems for a computer or laptop is just fine, for most people that are not technically adept, I think using Linux or one of the offshoots is really not a viable option. And I think you said in your post, for people that are technically oriented. While I love Clark and his insights, sometimes I think he's a little naive. Last week, I was listening to him inform us on the tariff action taken against foreign companies' imports. What caught my attention was his tone about free trade. What I believe he said was when he hears people comment and say, I'm for free trade, but I'm also for fair trade. And what he said in a tone that was confrontational was how the U.S. manufacturer of the washing machine was too lazy and inefficient to produce a washer that was cheaper. Really? Companies like LG and Samsung, who've had their own manufacturing design issues, aren't any more efficient. They produce their products cheaper at the expense of their workforce. I understand that they can make it cheaper, but for you to go on about how lazy and inefficient we are just really insults me, and I don't even work in this industry. Thanks, Matt Ellis in Tiverton, Rhode Island. Matt, thank you for that. And the anger you heard in me is unlike me. It was really based on frustration that 
I think back through history, if you studied a lot of history, which I did as a political science major in undergraduate school, that when countries start throwing up trade barriers, it can lead to really bad results in the world and not about what happens with washing machines. You can create a level of distrust that ultimately can end a conflict and potentially the outbreak of war. I, I think that we have to be very careful when, in the case of the washers, it was not about what's known as dumping, saying that the Koreans were selling washers below their cost. It was instead that a domestic U.S. manufacturer had not been able to structure itself in a way that it could compete. So the barriers were put up just to try to help a company that was not efficient enough to compete against the Koreans. And that's why, for all those reasons, it was so frustrating. Because I believe to my core that ultimately we in the United States and people across the world end up better off when each country produces what it's most efficient at, as well as each company produces what it's most efficient at. And government should not get in the role of trying to stack the deck to create winners and losers. The Chinese government does that. And if you want to have a real conversation about making sure trade is equal, it's the Chinese we should be doing something about, not our allies in South Korea. Clark, I am shocked and dismayed that you use foam shaving cream and cartridge razors. These unnecessary value-added disposable products are many times more costly than shave soap and a safety or straight razor shaving. A chrome safety razor lasts several lifetimes. A 99-cent bar is good for 50 to 100 lathers, and a 10-cent blade with two sides good for nearly as many shaves. Dollar shave? How about the nickel shave? Time to enjoy the manly savings of shaving like your grandfather, Clark. The results are better, too. All right. We have had so many posts about uh, people who've wanted me to use the safety razors, but I can tell you that I would cut myself disposing of one and putting in another blade. Yes, they are incredibly cheap, and it works very well. And on the shaving cream, I have a confession. Most days I shave with no shaving cream, no soap, nothing. I just shave with hot water and then I'm not using anything at all to shave with and that all came about in the aftermath of the terrorist attack so many years ago and then the limit about what size liquids you could take in your carry-on and I started learning to shave with those little conditioner bottles in hotels and then I was in a hotel one time that didn't have any shampoo conditioner any of those little bottles and I shaved with just water, and it was like, oh, this works too. And so I don't use a lot of shaving cream. But the safety razor thing, I'm just too afraid I'd slice my hand up. The other day, I heard you recommend someone use TripAdvisor to verify the quality of a hotel they were booking via a discount website. At a minimum, travelers should be checking two review sites. 
Personally, I never use TripAdvisor. It's deleting reviews, warning other travelers about places that are also TripAdvisor advertisers. In some cases, posts about very serious issues, and then they link to a story from NPR. People need to understand that review websites' primary obligation is to their advertisers and not to the public. We use AAA reviews since we pay for that service. I also check multiple places, Yelp, Hotels.com, Google Reviews, etc. You might be surprised to find the different difference in reviews across different sites. That is a very valid post. On the thing about um, TripAdvisor deleting reviews about people who've been subject to violence at a hotel, or this became a big worldwide story about TripAdvisor deleting posts about women who'd been raped at resorts, that TripAdvisor changed its policy because they were just shamed so much by the public revulsion around the world about hiding information about these rapes that were happening allegedly by hotel employees at various resorts. And my thing with any review site, you need to read the actual reviews at whatever site you go to, not just look at the stars or circles or whatever to see what a place is really like. I appreciate all the passion and all the posts that Krista shared with you today. It shows you're engaged with our mission. And I hope, based on what I hear from you, to learn and to serve you better. If there's something you'd like to share with me and you feel I've missed the mark, go to Clark.com, go to Clark Stinks, and post away. Dana is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Dana. Oh, hi, my God. I can't believe I'm talking to you. How come? (laughs) You're oh you're the nicest person I've never met. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Well, to, to meet me would convince you completely opposite. I'm a terrible, <laughs> horrible human being. Oh yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> okay, so I have a a question about the Chromebook. Yes. Um, I heard you say that um, you should use a Chromebook and dedicate it only to your online banking, and my question was. If it's safe enough to do that, why can't I not use it to go and do online shopping with? Wonderful question. So the idea of segregating a computer is that you don't ever do email, you don't ever do web surfing, you don't do anything on it except banking, brokerage, and bill pay. And I say the reason I always talked about Chromebooks is those you can buy for as little as $100. And they're really, really simple machines. They they are not subject to or prone to viruses like a MacBook or a Windows computer would be. So I think of them as like this ultra-safe zone to do banking brokerage and bill pay. And so using one just for a purpose like that you know, for most people, spending any real money on that machine would be impossible. So that's why I talk about Chromebooks, because they're a twofer. They've got the really great safety standards that are superior to the traditional MacBooks or Windows PCs, and they're cheap. I mean, I've gone on to Groupon.com, and all I can see is refurbished ones. Oh, I don't have a problem with a refurb. I okay. I use a refurb. I bought my refurb for a hundred bucks, 
But now, you know, this past Black Friday, there were a ton of new ones for sale for $100. But also, so I'm, I'm still a little bit confused as to why I wouldn't be able to do the online shopping if I don't use my email on that Chromebook and I just do banking and just... Oh, okay. So it's my obsessive compulsive self. Okay. I'm just trying to keep you as safe as I possibly can. Because think about what criminals want. They want your credit card numbers, right? Right. There's really very little aggravation or hassle when somebody compromises your credit card number. On the other hand, it's a very different thing when somebody compromises uh, your bank account, brokerage account, or gets in your bill pay, which gives you them direct access to being able to write checks to whoever they want. So it's all about the level of risk. So I'm trying to create a wall around the areas where you would have the most inconvenience, hassle, or worse if a criminal got into your business. Thanks for taking time out of your day to join us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and serving you. And I got to say something about that straight ahead. Clark.com is our main web address and clarkdeals.com. That's where you go to save money each and every day. Today is a milestone day for me and for the crew that bring you the show each and every day. Kim, who's been with me for how long now, Kim? How many years? In April, it will be 20. So you came in just just a few weeks before what I'm about to announce. Joel, where were you 20 years ago? Were you in middle school? Yeah, that's right. Uh, now joel's an adult real estate mogul wealthy person two magnificent children and a wonderful wife and worked for you for 11 years now yeah that's the miserable part (laughs) but 20 years ago today our show launched in syndication and that is a real milestone and something that I'm so grateful to you for, for having had trust in me for as long as you have listened or as short as you've listened, that our show has stood the test of time because you have trusted what you've heard from me and maybe benefited, hopefully, from what you've heard from me. And we started initially in... Let's see, Milwaukee, Orlando, Kansas City, and Syracuse. And then from that point forward, added stations all over the country over these 20 years. You also lose affiliates over the years. You gain them back. You go up, you go down. But it's been a magnificent 20 years. And you may be listening to me on our podcast There was no such word as podcast when we went into syndication 20 years ago. Today, we have, uh, in addition to having hundreds of affiliates that take our show in traditional radio, we have millions of people 
listening to our podcast. And however you have the opportunity to hear the show, I hope that you continue to find this useful for you and that it does empower you to take more control over your life, your wallet, and your financial future. And with that in mind, let's talk about your future, looking at the present. Fortune magazine has put out a report on how fantastic the job market has become for you. Now remember, Fortune writes to the business community. So they're really writing about how difficult it is for businesses finding the workers they want. And right now while I'm speaking to you, there is an all-time record number of vacant jobs. There are more than 6 million jobs that employers cannot fill. They are filling jobs, according to Fortune, at the slowest rate that employers have in years. They cannot find people they're looking for. And so this is classic. Supply and demand for years didn't really seem to work in the job market. We were getting terrible raises, if any. A lot of people were seeing pay cuts. But the market has turned. And you, if you need to have more opportunity, some people don't want more opportunity, but if you want more opportunity, and pretty much everybody would like more pay, this is your time. Get out there. If you, if you feel like you've dead-ended where you are, or you feel like they don't appreciate you enough or pay you enough, get out there and look around. Because with that many jobs sitting empty, the opportunity is enormous. Okay, so what is the unemployment rate right now in the United States for people with a college degree? Anyone? Anyone? 2%. I don't ever remember an unemployment rate being that low. And that is a shift because, you know, for years, if you've been a longtime listener, you've heard me talk about U6, U6, U6. That's the unemployment measure that economists use instead of the one the politicians use because that one encompasses people who are underemployed and people who've given up looking for work. But the U6 rate has collapsed as well, meaning that the number of people who have given up or are involuntary part-time or whatever, both of those numbers are going through a shift right now. So I want you to know, do not undersell yourself. Do not undervalue yourself. And you probably have gone sideways for a while in the job market. It is your time. I read this headline from Fortune. Jobs, jobs everywhere. Enough said. Dawn is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Dawn. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. How are you doing? I I am fine. I am fine. And you have been serving 
your fellow American for how long, Dawn, as a nurse? This this year is 38 years. 38 (laughs) years as a nurse. And I just turned 59 in November. How many people's lives would you guess you have saved over that long career? Oh, my goodness. I I think thousands. (laughs) Doesn't that feel great? Yeah. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. My, My life is a life of service. Wonderful. Yes, yes, yes. Well, let's see if I can pay that back with some service to you. How might I help you? Thank you. Well, um, I plan to retire in the next five to six years. It's um, According to my Social Security, it says I, I need to be 66 years and eight months. But I might work further on, but I can work part-time. I, I, I have a 401k, and... Um, I'm wondering if I need to take some of that money out or most of it out and put it into an uh, annuity. I don't know much about it, so I'm just inquiring. I don't know. All right, so Dawn, I need to tell you that you did violate a rule of this family-oriented show. Oh, what did I do? You just cussed, because annuity is a cuss word on our show. Oh, okay. Because annuities generally are absolute trash with okay. almost well, no know. exceptions oh, okay so okay I, did somebody give you a pitch about why it would be great for you to take the money you've been saving and well, move it to an annuity well they didn't actually say my a friend of mine her husband he um he's retired he was a school teacher and he i think he put some of his money into an annuity so every month, along with his Social Security, his pension, and his annuity, he gets money out of the annuity every month. Ah, okay. What so so you're talking about actually something that you didn't cuss when you said that. Oh, no, no, no. I haven't done anything. Okay, because... No, no, but I, you, saying what you said, <laughs> now I've you're, you're fine in a family-friendly environment again, because yes. what your friend has done is what's known as a life annuity. And that's a okay. specialized kind of annuity that can uh-huh. be A-OK. And the way that would work okay. mm-hmm. is at the point that you hit retirement age, mm-hmm. if you are nervous about being able to figure out uh, how to invest the money moving forward, you could mm-hmm. take a portion of the money that you built up over the years in your 401k and mm-hmm. turn it into an immediate annuity or life annuity. And what that is is oh, just okay. like you described. It's mm-hmm. like an additional pension check. Oh, okay. And so the insurance okay. company takes the pile of money. Usually you mm-hmm. buy those in an amount of $100,000. Oh, okay. And you want to make sure the insurer you buy it from is financially strong. And I want you to call me back in six years, and I'll tell you how you do that. But at the time you retire, you would put that money with the insurance company. And then just like you described, every month for Mm -hmm. the rest of your life, they send you something kind of like their version of a Social Security check. Oh, okay. Send you money every month. Now, the problem with it is if you die the month after you put it in, the money is gone. But because the insurance company knows a certain number of people are going to live a really long time, other people are going to live a short time, most people are going to be in between – they calculate mm-hmm. all that in oh, okay. because the whole purpose is to make sure you don't outlive your money. Okay. So that okay. can be part of what you do. And so you get your Social Security. And 
I forgot when I got so into the annuity thing. Did you tell me you'll also have a pension from having been a nurse? Yes, I do. At one hospital, um, they, they had, I had an option of taking my, you know, every year I guess they give everybody an option. So I had an option of taking my pension then. I took it out and I rolled it back over into my 401. Okay. All right. So that's what I did. So mm-hmm. you've got uh, you've got a really nice situation in front of you, and okay. you're going to be in great shape. And so okay. let this time run, and then we'll talk again about what the best thing is. You know, when you look at retiring six years away, that may still be the best answer. There may be something better by then than taking some of that money you've saved in that 401k and putting it in a life annuity or immediate annuity. But there's no move for you to do right now other than keep stashing money in that 401k. And congratulations to you for your very long, fruitful career and all the people who owe you their lives for saving them over the years. Keith is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Keith. Hey, Clark. How you doing? Great, thank you. We're going to talk home equity lines of credit. Yes, we are. Um, I am interested in um, a couple of the uh, key factors and uh, some of the terminology that they have on it, uh, such as like variable APR. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> then uh, paying the closing cost and dropping PMI. Um and what if the appraisal isn't what I was expecting uh, at the end of the road, too? Um, those are the general questions I have. Right, so you it. have an existing mortgage. I do. And what kind of mortgage is that? What kind of interest rate and for how long? It, it's a uh, it's a FHA, and it's a 30-year fixed at 3.5%. Oh, wow. You don't want to mess with that, do you? That's fantastic. Yeah, I got a gr- I got locked in at a really good rate. That is great. And the improvements uh, you're going to do to your home, how much are they going to cost? I, I'm guessing, um, it, depending on how much I decide I want to do with it, um, it can go anywhere from probably uh, ten thousand upwards to twenty thousand. And if you borrow somewhere between ten and twenty, how long would you guess it would take you to pay that back? Probably about eight years, I would okay, think. Okay, then you definitely don't want to do a home equity line of credit. Okay. The reason is the home equity lines of credit have this floating interest rate thing you just read to me. There's mm-hmm. a product credit union sell called a home equity loan that you can take out for 5, 10, or 15 years. And what's great about the home equity loan is whatever rate you take it out for that number of years, it stays that fixed rate. Okay. Where we're in a time of rising interest rates and being in a HELOC that you would have open for anything longer than like 18 months could would be really ugly for your wallet. Are you a member of a credit union yet? I am, actually. I am um, a member of uh, Northrop Grumman Federal Credit Union. So go talk to them and see what they'll write you a home equity loan for. And if they just say, we don't do that kind of product, there's probably other credit unions that in your area you're still eligible to join. 
mm-hmm. that would do a home equity loan. But it is my favorite product for a situation like yours where you're going to have the money outstanding for a number of years. And if it's at all possible to take out a five-year home equity loan, that would be much to your advantage, Keith, because the interest rates are so much more favorable on a five-year home equity loan than they are on a 10, which you'd have to take out instead with the eight-year window you said to me. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Cassie's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Cassie, you want to talk about the Mitsubishi deal I talked about with the ultra inexpensive brand new cars? Yes. I heard just the end of the snippet and was trying to get more information from you about that. So there's this strategy that's worked extremely well in Europe where a company has been selling really affordable cars and they've been a massive success. And it started with a car called the Logan and Mitsubishi just doesn't have much presence in the United States. And so they're copying the business model of the Logan. They build cars that don't have the latest, greatest, newest gadgets on them, but stuff that's really stood the test of time and just works. And they can build the cars cheaper because they're not doing all kinds of new cutting-edge stuff in the cars. So they're selling cars right now at around thirteen dollars to $14,000 for the 2018 Mitsubishi Mirage. Gotcha. So it's a. So it's just that specific model that they're bundling in at that low price. Well, they've they've actually it's a strategy for them across their product line that whichever Mitsubishi you're interested in, they're trying to mm-hmm. have it at a price point that is lower than the equivalent competition by simplifying how they build it and what goes into it. Okay, it's pretty much at any Mitsubishi dealership. Exactly. And so okay. so this is something that I'm telling you, it, I hope it's not just a gimmick for them because this has been a huge service to people in Europe who've been buying the Logan series. And I don't remember who makes the Logans, but this same idea here will have a huge market available to it of affordable basic transportation. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for tuning into The Clark Howard Show today. And if you're like me, you like deals, well, we got our deal diggers hard at work at ClarkDeals.com that help you save money day in and day out. We work around the clock 
to find the best deals for your wallet, and there are a variety of consumer items, check out ClarkDeals.com.